0: If you're like most of us, you own entirely too many clothes. And yet, the most common feeling we have when the time comes to dress up is I've got nothing to wear. We're constantly deal shopping and clothes buying, and yet, we still feel as if we do not have the clothes we need to feel happy, stylish, attractive, and empowered. How did we get here? Turns out, the problem isn't our messy closets. It's our messy relationship to clothes, style, the fashion industry, and ourselves. Join host Erin Flynn as we talk to the experts in the industry, history, and psychology of clothing, and try to uncover how we got to this place with too many clothes and nothing to wear. Brought to you by Cloudwell. So far, we've talked about how fast fashion is messed up. How our obsession with buying is as unsustainable for us as it is for our planet. And how the startups trying to disrupt this space aren't helping. So what's the solution? How can we take action? Not just for ourselves, but for everyone affected by this global consumption craze called fast fashion. Well, I think my friend Lee Vosberg can help. Lee is the creator and designer of the popular website, StyleBee, and the inventor of the 10x10 challenge, an exercise in creating 10 days of looks from just 10 items. Lee knows firsthand what it's like to feel disenchanted with your wardrobe, and better yet, how to fix it. And as you can probably guess, it's not by buying more clothes. Welcome, Lee. I'm so excited to talk to you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. All right, so take me back to 2015. You're feeling frustrated by your closet. What problems were you experiencing that ultimately brought you to start Style B?
1: So way back then in the early days of 2013, <laughs> I was, wasn't was actually really that aware of the bad habits or the problems that I was experiencing when I first started Style B. I sort of had just always loved style and fashion and wanted to have a space that I could use to share those loves and as a creative outlet. Um, and then sort of as I got into it, I realized that I was sort of going about it in a way that I thought I had to, which was, you know, chasing trends and buying into everything I saw on other popular blogs or much, much more popular blogs than mine at the time and, um, on what big fashion brands were putting out at the time. And so I kind of thought that that was the only formula to sharing style and blogging about it. And then about a year or so into it, I realized that I was using shopping and fast fashion as sort of for lack of a better analogy, sort of like a drug for my insecurities and feeling like, you know, I felt that to become a quote unquote style blogger or to have any authority on fashion, I had to keep up with all these latest trends and newest it items and all those sort of the cyclical revolving door of what fashion sort of was at the time and sometimes can still feel like in more mainstream um, arenas. But yeah. of course- this wasn't sustainable in any sense of the word. I was spending way too much money and stressing way too much, not using my clothes, not thinking smart about what I was actually adding and how much it was actually going to get worn and add to my lifestyle in a, in a helpful way. I didn't really have a clear sense of my genuine personal style because I'd never stopped to even think about it. I hadn't even really seen much of, in terms of people talking about how to define your style or how to actually go about it in a way that's personal and feels authentic, but rather just trying to always emulate or copy or kind of wear what other people said you should want to wear. Um, And it was in 2014 that I decided to take a step back and dig into things like defining my style and assessing how my closet needed to change to support me and
0: not the other way around, which was not... A very helpful method. (laughs) I want to get deeper into the problem here because I think you just touched on it, which is like not really knowing your personal style, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think like beauty and fashion have these huge societal barriers that we need to break down before really going deep. So, before getting into your your definition of what style is, um, why do you think we, especially as women, have this general discontentment for our you know, personal style and closet? Very good question. (laughs) Um, I think, like you said, it's no secret
1: that the fashion and beauty industries have, um, I mean, they've thrived on the consumer's sense of dissatisfaction, whether it's with their looks or their closet or, you know, how they, what access they have to putting together outfits, all that kind of thing. Um, And it's so easy to get caught up in that vicious cycle, that if you're not aware of it and thoughtful about how these messages affect you, you know, it can have a really detrimental effect on your relationship with style. And I remember, you know, even when I was young, flipping through magazines and sort of agonizing over how I looked compared to the standard, Mm -hmm. which was obviously unattainable and it was designed to be unattainable, you know, so you're always chasing that sort of for a long time. I thought that by buying into what mainstream fashion was selling, I could sort of have a little piece of that world and and measure up a little bit. But of course, it's fleeting and it never brings contentment. So I always end up back where I started. But I think, yeah, we've been sold this unattainable and unrealistic standard. So it's lucky, you know, with social media and things like that, we're able to start seeing how that's not realistic and it doesn't have to be that way. And we're starting to push back and broaden the accepted standard of what great style and beauty
0: really is, which is so vast and varied and unique. Yeah, I love that. Um, Let's, okay, let's talk about style then, because I think what you're saying, which is um, even if you're consciously aware that it's unattainable, there's still this question of how do you get it? or <laughs> Like, how, how do I go about this? Right. So first, how would you describe personal style? And then, yeah, do you have any initial thoughts for how would I, if this is the first time I'm hearing this, how would I go about this?
1: Yeah. So I think personal style in its most basic sort of form is – how you put together an outfit or how you choose color and shape and all those kinds of things but i think once we start expanding from there it's more about what brings you joy and how you express that and how you show your inspirations and your personal story through what you maybe choose to wear how you put things together and it can change and evolve with you, which is wonderful. Um, but it's always coming. I think real style that, you know, when you see someone that you're like, Oh wow, she looks great. Or he's really nailing that outfit. It's because it comes from a place that's uniquely individual. And so it's not about what anyone else is doing and the best people with the best personal style never look like they've tried to copy anyone else. or they, they're trying to Fit in. It's always um, much more individual. And I think that's where real true personal style comes from. It's knowing yourself and being able to convey that in a way that feels good.
0: Yeah. And I think when people hear about decluttering, they immediately go to kind of panic mode. <laughs> but <Yep. laughs> you say that you love fashion. So how do you equate this whole having less stuff to actually having better style?
1: Yeah. And I was one of those sort of panicky yeah. <laughs> types when, <Me> too. <laughs> when minimalism first started really coming back into mainstream sort of fashion, I guess. It felt like, oh, oh no, I've spent all this time and money like accumulating and now I'm supposed to get rid of it all? No, mm-hmm. no, I can't. So I think What I learned through decluttering and accepting that certain things weren't working for my life and my style and just weren't serving me and could find a better home, with that comes a lot of clarity. And so biggest sort of marriage between less stuff and better style is this clarity that you're able to see what you have, you're able to see what works, and you're able to actually work with that versus feeling like you're just overwhelmed with, you know, too many things that don't feel like they're working for you or it's just overwhelm in general, I think is the biggest barrier to finding personal style
0: in what you have. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, how are you ever going to know if it's just full of stuff?
1: Totally and figuring out what you love and feel great in versus what isn't working for you and being able to identify those things and then make better choices going forward versus what I used to do was always just kind of keep buying the same thing that Mm -hmm. didn't really work for me. And I, but I hadn't stopped to actually think about like, okay, these types of things just aren't going to make any sense. like. For instance, you know, a really high heel is cute and looks great for a minute, but I'm not going to need to wear that day to day. So kind of coming to terms with that, too, and being like, okay, what might work for others and look great on them just isn't going to make me feel satisfied.
0: And that's okay. Yeah, I had this thing where I would hold on to shoes that would give me blisters. I'm like, literally, why am I doing this? (laughs) And then I would continue to buy those brands, which that also made no sense. I'm like, I can't believe I've gone this far (laughs) or can, you know, continue to do the same thing. But it's such simple changes. I feel like once you just pause. Totally. um, And I think that comes back to the whole
1: this misnomer that beauty is pain, and that kind of thing. And that's absurd. (laughs) It doesn't have to be that way at all. And I think once you realize that, I mean, maybe it's with age and things like that, too. These things kind of come to fruition. But it's very liberating to realize that, you know, you don't have to do anything just because it's what someone who's deemed as the cool kid
0: is doing. Right. Right. Talk about the 10 by 10 challenge. I I know for me personally, it was super eye-opening when I did it, mainly because I have a tendency to shop when I get bored. And so can you talk about why you created it and what it helps you discover about kind of yourself and your style? So I'm very similar to you in that I would
1: find myself browsing sites and shopping when I was bored or had downtime or was you know, more truthfully procrastinating. Yep. (laughs) And so I decided, you know, in this early 2014, 2015 timeframe, I, when I was exploring this idea of less is more and going, starting a closet mission, I took a shopping fast or I went on a shopping fast with just, which just meant that I didn't buy anything for a month. And so for me, that felt like, a very long time when, you know, Zara was putting out, you know, new, a whole new collection every week. And it just was, I was very sort of on the fast fashion rhythm at the time. And so I said, okay, 30 days off from shopping. What am I ever going to do with myself? (laughs) So I decided that, you know what, I've got a great closet right now. Let's, Pull 10 items that I really like and I want to get more use out of and see if I can't make 10 outfits out of them and document it for a 10 over a 10-day period. And so I started doing that and people started getting really interested in that and thinking, like, wow, you can actually make 10 looks with just 10 items. Like that, that's unheard of kind of thing. So it kind of just spiraled from there, but it was really a great way to get creative because as we know, creativity loves constraint. And so it was a really fun exercise to just try things out and dig in a little more. And then from there, I could see so much more potential in the existing closet I had. And I suddenly wasn't browsing so much anymore. And I wasn't feeling like the need to add more all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm curious What's been the most surprising thing, uh, having put the 10 by 10 challenge out on the internet? Have you gotten a lot of stories from that or people who've reached out? Oh, for
1: sure. The most surprising thing was that anyone else want, wanted to do it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought everyone was going to be like, yeah, OK, no thanks. Yeah.
0: And I assume you have doubts occasionally. <laughs> so how <Yep>. have you <laughs> gotten and like cultivated your own unique style? Yeah.
1: So I think it comes from, you know, for sure, some trial and error and time and patience, um, knowing that I'm not always going to get it right. And a piece that may seem to fit the bill perfectly and that I've thought about and I've saved for, and I finally add to my closet, suddenly, you know, it's not quite right. And so you got to have to go easy on yourself and not beat yourself up for everything that doesn't go exactly as planned. But I also think it comes from, you know, a little more introspection than we've typically associated with style because it's sort of like, Oh, it's frivolous. You're thinking about fashion and, but no, it's, it's a really true basic way to express ourselves and to express our creativity. And when your inner self isn't aligning with your outer self, it can be a really tricky place to be in. So I think, taking time and between you know adding things and choosing timeless pieces over trendy as much as possible helps a lot anytime i start to feel dissatisfied or antsy or as though i need to be shopping or adding more to my closet i i try to take a step back from you know maybe it's per, i'll unsubscribe from some newsletters of brands or i'll take a break from the deep dive on influencers feeds you know, Mm -hmm. just for a bit to regroup. Not that I'm like trying to talk myself out of a job as an influencer, (laughs) but I think there's so many incredible sources for style inspiration these days. But the most important step is to check in with yourself when you're starting to feel these like pangs of, I want that too often. And, and we know when that's happening, you can identify it and then take action accordingly. And I think just taking time is really the best way to build your style, which I know not everyone wants to hear. Yeah. once <laughs> Everyone wants an overnight sort of quick fix, but really it's just about time and
0: and getting to know yourself better. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, what do you mean I need to know more about myself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, true. How or where would you recommend that they start in defining their own style I think that's one question I have. And before I forget my next question, <laughs> I get asked all the time about color palettes. And I feel like people one, I think they get hung up on like what type of color palette they have or need to have and you know exactly how to go about about it. Um, and so I'm curious from your perspective, like how how would you recommend someone start and then also, you know, how do how do they think about color palettes?
1: Yeah. So whenever I, I get asked a lot about where to begin. And so I have a, a series of different tools and worksheets and things that people are welcome to on style B. Um, but I always recommend starting with a shopping fast or a break from adding anything new for a set period of time. Maybe it's 10 days, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a season. It just depends on, on where you're at. But then I recommend taking some notes, you know, just in the notes app on your phone or, Whenever you're getting ready or when you're, you've are you got a minute to think about what you've picked out or what you're thinking about in terms of your closet and style and just sort of tracking where your head's at with it always helps. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, a dedicated journal, but it can just be some jotted notes as you go throughout the shopping fast. I used to start by doing an exercise called writing your style story, which um, is a combination of things. And on Style B, there's just a little questionnaire that helps you sort of think about how your upbringing or your culture or job, family life, social life, friend circle, and all that has impacted your relationship with what you wear. Because everyone has a unique relationship with their closet and their style and how their life experiences have impacted what they choose to wear. For instance, part of my style story is that I was painfully shy as a kid, so couldn't could not think of anything worse than having to start a conversation <laughs> with someone I didn't know. And now you're on a podcast, and so there's that. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm still very reserved, but um fashion has helped me in so many ways connect with people, but in the very early days before it was ever about a blog or anything, clothes were a way for me to express myself and my personality and sort of break the ice and start a conversation without me having to do it myself. so interesting. (laughs) And then from there, I mean, while you're taking a break from shopping and thinking about, you know, your style story, I think with color and color palettes, um, it's definitely something that people find a bit daunting because it's like, well, I don't want to only have only wear four colors or I love color. And I think sometimes there's a misconception that having a lean closet or a really clearly defined style means you don't wear a lot of color or you... Yeah you know, can't have patterns and prints in your closet, but that's not the case at all. It's just about identifying the ones that are going to be versatile for you and help you do more with what you have versus limiting what you can do with certain pieces. So I usually suggest starting with maybe two or three fundamental colors, which you'll probably find in every outfit you wear. So for me, that's black and denim basically I consider mm-hmm. denim a color because I wear it all the time and it can range from you know a dark wash to a light wash and then from the fundamentals I build on those with three to four core colors so maybe those are things that I wear often but not every day and they reoccur a lot and work with in my face all the pieces that are my favorite to wear so that might be white i wear a lot of white t-shirts in the summer and I wear them pretty much every day in the winter too under sweaters and things like that and then gray or cream and flax are sort of my go-tos but that could be red and navy or peach and green all kinds of different colors it's just about sort of taking some time to identify those within your closet Mm-hmm. And not just by looking at your closet, but by actually thinking about what you wear. Because so often, or at least when I was starting out, I had a lot of colors in my closet, but I was always gravitating to the same ones.
0: Yeah. And
1: so by having like bright pinks or purples in there too, it was kind of clouding my judgment as to what I really liked. And so I would keep buying colors that I saw in my closet, but they weren't the ones that I really wore and enjoyed wearing. So yeah. that was a big big transition too. And then from there, I say, go wild with a few accent colors, really embrace, you know, olive green, if that's what you love or stripes or floral prints, and think about those being sort of a smaller percentage of your closet. So maybe it's accessories, or maybe it's one or two pieces that you interchange here
0: and there that just liven things up and add some interest and excitement. Now, I love how you also called out the point of don't just look at your closet, because I think that is where things can get confusing, because you can easily look at your closet and be like, oh, I love all of these colors, (laughs) but if you, you know, don't actually wear those things, then um, it's not going to be any more helpful, so. Exactly. That's a good call out. Uh, What do you think is the biggest lie we're told around style?
1: Well, that we're supposed to look like anyone else. I think Mm -hmm. that for sure was the biggest one that I believed for a long time was that I needed to fit into a certain mold or a certain box that looked a certain way. And as soon as I stopped worrying about that and started dressing for myself and for what I loved and felt great in, it was just so much more satisfying and liberating. And I think that's the great thing about personal style is that it allows us to express our individuality and uniqueness. And social media, of course, has a whole gamut of <laughs> issues that come along with it. But one of the most positive things to come from it, from my perspective, is that there's this opportunity to be a champion of your own taste and your own creative vision and show that there are so many more ways to express ourselves than we ever would have known based on you
0: know more traditional publishing mediums. How do you think knowing your style can help change the world? That's a good one. I also feel like that's a very loaded question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, from a personal, small, like local scale, I think um, I've found that when I'm feeling confident in myself and I'm able to present myself or the best version of myself to the world around me, I'm able to then show up for the people in my life in a more helpful way in a more wholesome way. I'm not worried about fitting in.
0: I'm just myself and then I can deliver from there. This is why it's so fascinating to me because you said it earlier about style being frivolous, but it's like if you feel better about yourself or if you're more confident as yourself, that has such an impact in other aspects of your life. Absolutely. That's and such it's such an interesting. Yeah. It's so empowering to see how other
1: folks invest in themselves and realize that it's not. Yeah, it's not vanity driven. It's not Yeah, necessarily frivolous at all if you're investing in yourself. And that's just one part of it is style is just one part of it. And then you're able to sort of embrace your sense of self-worth from there and be like, yes, I am worth investing in and it mm-hmm. is worth Making sure that I feel great so I can take on the day and not worry about, you know, I'm in shoes that give me blisters. (laughs) And so I think those are real critical catalysts towards change and being able to tell the world our story
0: and be and live our best selves and best lives. I say not to mention that it's literally the first thing you do when you get up, maybe the second thing after you use the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> it is definitely one of the first things. It totally can set the tone for the day.
1: I know when yeah, I'm, you know, dark, cold winter right here in <laughs> Ontario, so it's easy to just want to stay in my like slippers and a comfy Hoodie, but when I actually get dressed and pull myself together, I feel like I just get so much more done and I feel so much more empowered to tackle my to do list. And yeah. so it really does
0: have a, a profound effect on how you approach the day in the world. Yeah. Now I'm getting into my last three questions, and these are kind of rapid fire. Um, so what moment in this whole journey would you consider life altering?
1: Ooh. Well, for sure, seeing the reach and the impact that my work on both just the blog style be or on or through the ten by ten as a whole has had, you know, across the globe, I hear from people all over the place and how they've tried it. And it's helped them see more potential in what they have. And it's just been amazing to connect with, with people from all over the world who love digging into personal style as much as I do and get, you know, excited about a fun new way to tuck your shirt and like (laughs) pair color and, and just have so much fun with it. And
0: some really amazing friendships have come out of it as well, which is so lucky. What's the one piece of wisdom in this whole process that you've gained that you wish to pass on? I mean, I've probably (laughs) said it too much already, but just
1: the better we know ourselves, the better our choices will be.
0: Finish this sentence. I believe. That if you trust your creative energy, you can't go wrong. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Um, this is great. Thank you so, so much for coming on here and sharing not only your story, but also helping us kind of dissect this crazy world of
1: style. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I think we just scratched the surface, but it's
0: still so fun to chat about. Thanks again to Lee Vosberg for taking the time to help us understand what style is and isn't. If you want more from Lee, You can check out her website, styleb.ca, or find her on Instagram and Pinterest, at Lee Vosberg. And join us next time, where we take a brief detour from clothes to learn what beauty means to the unlikely owner of one of America's top hair salons.
1: I remember my grandpa, he he never got it. He always told people that I was a barber. (laughs) That was fine with me. I was like, you're close enough, grandpa, so... (laughs) There is a current that is constantly telling you what you have, who you are, and how you look is not enough. I believe everyone is born beautiful and deserves to feel that way.